Good afternoon and welcome to a Yarn Live. This is a very special edition uh, because today is World Menopause Day. <gasps> I said it. I said it. And I have a very special <laughs> guest here with me who I call JKP because she's got her own TLA. That's a three-letter acronym. Uh, but Jeanette is um, from Great Britain, has traveled the world working in people and culture, and is a bit of a global superstar when it comes to business. And she'll she'll say, oh, no, you can't say that, but I'll say it. And she has the coolest car I've ever wanted to drive, honestly. So I'll leave you to find that out one day. But um, also a board member of um, PH Creative and working in employment brand, which is, I guess, the, the next step in her career with such an amazing, illustrious background and people and culture. Um, you know, talked about running teams of 80,000 um, or having you know organizations of 80,000. We don't have companies that big in New Zealand. We don't even have towns that big in some cases in New Zealand. So with that, I'd like to hand over to you, JKP, to introduce yourself in AK, AFQY style. Too many acronyms here. I'm getting too many letters. AFQY style, which is to share a little bit about the person. And then we'll get into the story of menopause, your personal story, and then all the information that's important that we talk about and share in, in today's time. Sound good? Okay, great. Yeah. Cool. I was going to say, Ryan, thank you very much for that lovely introduction, but none of that helped me during my menopause. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, I'm JKP. Hello, everyone. And um, great to be here today. Uh, I've been sharing quite a bit uh, around World Menopause Day, but I'm not a menopause expert. I'm, I'm simply... Um, yeah, an executive, I guess. Uh, I've been an executive for about 20 years, but I'm a wife, I'm a mother, I've got two children, I've got a dog. Um, and yes, I like fast cars. Uh, but I, what else? What else can I tell you? A few quiet yarn style. Um, Ryan and I have, have, have had a good laugh over the few years that I've been in New Zealand, and um, and I'm really thrilled to be on AFQY. It's a, it's a real honor. So thank well, you. Thank you very much. And it's an honor to have you here because it's it's such an important subject, right? And I've got to say, you know, look, I look like the classic bloke with the beard, bald, male pale stale. But I've got to I've got to say, when I was growing up, my mum taught me and my brother, two boys, everything, the facts of life. So there was no bullshit about birds and bees and storks. It was how men and women have sex, how the sperm goes into the egg. How women have periods, menopause, you name it. By the age of eight, I could have written a bloody textbook about it, right? Which and that was that was in part to um, train us and educate us around what was safe and appropriate with strangers and all that sort of stuff as well. And that was actually the premise. But as a kid growing up, I never experienced any of these um, challenges that others do, right? And just a little side story, when I was in Standard 4, which is 10 years old, I don't know what they call it now, um, one of the girls... Uh, jumped up and ran out of the class screaming she's dying and of course it was her first period but she'd never been told and I believe that's an all too common story so for me getting this story out in one sense is really important but there's some really heavy stuff we're going to hear about through today's session um, getting to the getting to the suicide end of the discussion but first of all let's start let's start at the beginning let's start with your story perhaps would you be happy to share that Yes, of course. Um, yeah, I came to New Zealand uh, about four years ago now, and my husband is a Kiwi, and my kids are, are, are citizens. Uh, we'd been to New Zealand a lot. I'd been coming for the last 16 years before we actually moved here. Um, so New Zealand was, was a home to me, a second home to me. It's where my extended family are, um, and we were really looking forward to coming here. Um, in the UK, well, I'd been in lots of different um, expat roles in um, in Russia and in the Netherlands and in the US a few times, um, obviously in the UK and Gibraltar um, for lots of different sectors. So I didn't think that coming here would be you know, the biggest challenge because it wasn't my first expatriate kind of um, living situation. Um, we were just really excited to come here. Um, but while I was in the UK, the last job that I was in, we um, we globalised a business. I was travelling all over the world doing that. And um, and then when we came here, and, and I was on hormone replacement therapy in the UK. So I had a knowledge of, of perimenopause, um, but I was always too busy. You know, I went to the doctor because one of my friends, um, when I started to have night sweats some years ago, 
one of my friends said, you need to get onto this as perimenopause, go and ask your doctor for this particular drug. And that's what I went and did. And I went and asked my doctor for that particular drug, I had 10 minutes to in and out and back to work. And um, I didn't research what perimenopause, I knew what it was, but I didn't know what the symptoms, all the symptoms, I just thought hot flushes and night sweats. And now I'm fixed because I've got this, this, this drug that works. Um, didn't really give it any more thought. And I had no idea about 34 symptoms, um, no idea about the psychological symptoms and, um, you know, all of the things that can happen as you lose estrogen. Uh, so so basically what happened to me is I came to New Zealand. Um, I had some job offers before I came. I, 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 then I, I took some time to just bed the kids in because um, they were going to new schools, didn't know anybody. None of us knew anybody actually here in Auckland. Um, and my husband's from Flangeray. So um, so we were all kind of new and spent a little bit of time doing that. And then um, Joe McCollum said, come join me at Spark and do this Agile transformation. So I did that. I was head of Agile Academy at Spark. I absolutely loved that. Um, just had a blast working, you know, really long hours with brilliant people, totally inspired and buzzing and full of energy. And I absolutely loved it. Um, and and then I went back to the UK, got more prescription of HRT, hormone replacement therapy, came back. And at that point, um, ASB had asked me to join their executive team. And, and you know, I say this a lot, but there's a lot of a lot of reference checking and background checking that goes into one of those appointments. Um, and they found out I wasn't a lunatic. I was, you know, I was worthy of being in the exec team <laughs> for a bank. And, um, and off I went to ASB to join the exec team. About six months in, that was all fabulous for a while. And then about six months in, I my HRT ran out. I didn't really think anything of it. I thought, oh, you know what, it's only I only had you know, night sweats at the time. So I didn't realize over those years the amount of symptoms that I had now that I had no estrogen. Uh, and I was actually in my final year of perimenopause, which is actually the last 12 months means, you know, when you've gone 12 months without a period, then you're then you have menopause. It's a one date in time and it's a retrospective diagnosis. I didn't. Uh, so I knew I was cl close to the end of it all. I didn't realize the symptoms that you have through it. And as I didn't have any more HRT, I was getting all of these different things happening to me, like brain fog and memory loss and just the inability to focus on board papers and things that are part of the job when you're in a normal executive role. And it just things just became difficult. And I wasn't sleeping. I was having heart palpitations through the night and night sweats. Um, just horrible things that I, 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 I thought I had all early onset dementia. I thought there was something really wrong with me. Um, I was having mood swings, hot flushes all day at work uh, in front of the board and just constantly. Um, my, my team gave me a fan and I had a fan that plugged into the laptop and and it was just it was just really uncomfortable. I had to run around to various meeting rooms in a seven story building and run from one to the other, being boiling all the time and not able to change the temperature in that building because it's one of those big open plan buildings. So it was it was just a tough it was tough to actually be uh, and certainly was different to anything I'd ever experienced before because um, all you know I'd always done big jobs um, and much more complicated than the job that I was in. So um, anyway, I I ended up quitting. Um, it got to a point of, I mean, I was I was probably quite difficult to work with a, a little bit of the time when I was having mood swings or um, just, in, you know, intolerance for, for mansplaining. Um, and <laughs> which is, you, know, you get to be very, very honest and direct at this stage. Um, and so I, I resigned. I went to the doctor the day after and sat in the doctor's office and said, I've got early onset dementia. Um, what am I going to do? I've got two children. Uh, I'm scared and started, you know, burst of crying, which I, I don't usually do. And she said, no, you're in perimenopause. You're probably nearing the end now. Um, and I'm going to give you some HRT. 
and she gave me a patch, estrogen patch and a progesterone tablet and it completely changed my life and um, and now I've shared this story quite a lot today but um, because it's World Menopause Day but it really did significantly change my life where I got myself back I you know as I as I was taking this HRT I could remember things again I got my brain back I got my energy back I got my joie de vivre back which I'd lost um, it took me, you know, a few months after I after I'd done um, notice period at, at ASB and stepped out. It took me a few weeks just to regroup and go, "What the hell just happened there?" Yeah. And while yeah. I was in that phase, I started to research and realised that actually I wasn't alone. And loads and loads. I mean, hundreds of thousands of women, if not well, millions of women actually, if you count America, but millions of people have gone through the same sort of situation that I had. Um, not everybody quits their jobs, but 900,000 people in the UK, women have, have quit their jobs because of menopause. Um, and the the suicide stats are scary. We'll get there as we, as we discuss this, but a lot of people don't make it through if they're not supported and they feel alone. So I realized this was a really big deal so i was trying to research in new zealand to find out more about about perimenopause about because who's who's you know people don't talk about perimenopause and that four to ten years they talk about yeah. menopause um anyway when i was researching it i could only find websites in the us and the uk where this you know the tsunami now is happening there around around menopause awareness um and there was nothing in New Zealand. Um, and then, I mean, so so I say there's nothing. There was probably a one or two sites, but I thought there's nothing for working women. And the penny dropped around where I, I realised, having been in particularly in chief people officer roles, global HRD roles, where I've been sponsoring women to get through into leadership roles my whole career, and particularly in executive roles and board roles. You know, I'm, I'm a board director as well. Um, and I've sponsored so many programs to get women exposed to, um, to give them the confidence to go for executive jobs or leadership roles, GM jobs um, and, and board roles. I, suddenly the penny dropped. A lot of women, with all the research I was doing, a lot of women quit their jobs at this age when they're right at the top of their career when they've got the experience, the leadership capability, the mentoring skills, but a lot of women drop out of the workplaces that they're in. Uh, a, because they don't realize what's going on and um, and think they're, they're having a lot of things to juggle. Um, uh, or B, they're just not supported through it if they do, if they do shout out and say, I, I'm clearly in menopause. There was no support in the workplace for it. And frankly, a lot of women are attacked or marginalised or put on performance reviews and that sort of thing. But I guess the big thing for me was this too shall pass. It's a phase just like puberty. It passes. And then, you you know, it's, it's fine again. And if you can just, as workplaces, uh, be empathetic and provide support, then those talented women that you've been grooming into these jobs for years and years in your hypo programs are going to be amazing and going to be loyal. And with the talent drain that we have in the world now and the great resignation, you know, you need to keep people with the experience of your company who love your company um, and don't just discard them through a very temporary blip. So yeah. there we are. Wow. So much there. So, and, just first of all, I'd never heard of perimenopause until you told me about it the, the other day when we were talking about what we're going to talk about in a session. And um, you know, to that point, and you know, to think how many women have left the workforce because they're going through this and not knowing what it's about. And there probably would be uh, included in that a lot of women that left the workforce knowing what it's about. But in the heat of it, um, rather, you know, considering it's temporary, um, not having the support to see it through. And I think the real penny drop for me when you're talking about it is that, um, you know, in terms of the woman that are leaving the workforce for all the different variations of that uh, reason, the other side of it not being supported because, 
you know, we talk about these stats. Oh, women leave often at this age because they go and get pregnant and want to stay home and have a family. Then women leave at this stage and they never make it into the board. I was like, well, actually, let's attach the reason as to what it is. And it's because a large number will be going through. This is the 45 to 54-year-old age bracket, I think, when I did the research. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it, it does seem a crying shame considering it's temporary. And just like puberty, we go through that and we put up people going through puberty. Um, yeah, I think there's, and probably putting the joke about putting up with people going through puberty is not a good joke or to align to um, women going through menopause because it's more about supporting them. And sorry, I didn't um, mean to put my foot in it like I always do, but it's more about supporting them um, because now we're going to get onto that more heavier side of things. It's not just uh, about experiencing all those horrible symptoms like brain fog and forgetting all that amazing experience and knowledge you have or, um, you know, not not dealing with the situation the way people expect an experienced person to um, or whatever the, it is because it also has effective anxiety, depression and ultimately suicide. So what are the stats and figures around that? Well, the highest um, the highest rate of suicide is in that after teenage well, teenagers are always the highest rate, aren't they? But in women, the highest rate of suicide is in the menopausal in that bracket, in that perimenopausal bracket. Um, so the you know the age range from um, forty five to fifty four, um, and in some countries, so the way countries measure it is different. But um, and certainly in the US and the UK, there are some brackets that are smaller than that that would say forty nine to fifty four. Um, but then some countries have the wider bracket. Um, the suicide stats in New Zealand are, are very hard to uh, to analyse. There is a blip at that age, but there's a really it's really hard to there's not really an, an analysis um, in New Zealand. But the other countries, who um, are bigger populations anyway, have much better data analysis around suicide rates. Um, so it's a it's a real thing, and one of and I know it's a real thing because I've had people through my power pause site and through talking to groups and talking to and doing um, workplace awareness training with PowerPause, I've had people tell me that they were about to. Um, and in fact, I had somebody re- um, the, who responded, who basically contacted me after my, the article in Stuff came out. So there's been a number of articles that, that you know, people have, have, have asked me to do. And one was um, National Business Review, the very first one that I did. Um, uh, of New Zealand articles and then stuff uh, ran a, um, a whole big section with a number of us contributing to that um, and and somebody contacted me to say I was about to take my own life but then I read the article and stuff and in the Sunday um, times is it Sunday uh, <laughs> name that, that particular my, um, newspaper here but um but they said, I was about to do that. I was about to take my own life. And then I realized when I read that article that I wasn't actually alone. And I didn't realize other people are going through this. So um, you know, people, and, and since then, a number of people, and the same, my friend, Sarah Connor, who she does a menopause over martinis. So she does the social um, dinners and, and awareness sessions. Um, and same with her. She's been stopped in the supermarket and so, and people have said to her, since you did that article in whatever newspaper, uh, um, it saved it saved my friend's life. It saved my mother's life. It's a, and it's just it's been incredible. We know we're saving lives. Um, and if if we can save one life, that's great. But the fact is, if we were to get if we were to go to root cause and this is what's happening in the UK now. The, the curriculum of schools is cha- has changed in the UK and it needs to change here. Because in the UK, you talked about puberty and it wasn't a daft question at all. It wasn't, you didn't put your fit foot in it at all, Ryan. You talk about puberty, puberty at the start of the reproductive um, life to menopause at the end and their bookends. When, when teenagers go through puberty, everybody understands it's hormonal. Every under, everybody understands that all sorts of things are affected because there are receptors everywhere in your body um, for estrogen, testosterone, all of that. So people understand that teenagers will slam doors and they understand they'll grunt at you and they won't want to talk and they'll be moody. But no one holds that against them for the rest of their lives. Everyone goes, yeah, 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 yeah that's a teenager. Now, the difference with menopause right now as a taboo in society is that it, people hold it against women. And if you do 
you know, quit your job, which many, many women do. And as I said, 900,000 people in the UK because of menopause. Then you, it's very difficult to get back into the workplace at that age as a woman and with that stigma of menopausal. And if I look at then the Eastern cultures, so in Asia, in Southeast Asia, in Asia, in India, menopause is celebrated. So they call it the second phase or the second spring. And it's celebrated because women now have the freedom, the wisdom, the experience. Shackles are off and they can be whatever they need want to be for the rest of their lives. And the old taboo, which is a Western thing created by men, and I hate to say that because I love men, and I love my husband, I love everyone. But, um, you know, I'm not I'm not a raging feminist really? in that respect. Uh, but it was a something that in the Western society, it's become a taboo because um, women are seen as not useless, not useful anymore, um, can't have babies anymore, they're going to die soon. Now, that's old-fashioned. When you age... Um, when the mortality rate in the age for women dying was 56, okay, you had a point. But now it's 92. <laughs> yeah. you know, in New Zealand, yeah. Yeah, the, the, the life expectancy in New Zealand is 92 years old for a woman. So we've got 40 years at least to live, you know, unless something happens after menopause. And those are powerful years. We can change the world. We can make so much of a powerful difference. We've got so much energy and positivity. And so this is the thing I wanted to get across um, is this too shall pass. It's a phase. You get through it and then you charge on with the rest of your life and, and have a more equal society and a more representative society. To, that will help our community. So we've got more women in leadership roles. The penny drop for me, we've got, you know, circa 8% of CEOs in the NZX50 are women. Eight, 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 infinity eight. That's unbelievably bad. And 24% representation on our New Zealand boards. I mean, that's just terrible. So and by the way, you're you will never be stale, Ryan. You might be pale and male, but you will never be stale. <laughs> Sometimes sunburned, but yeah. But it's yeah. not just business board, it's it's across all sectors where we've got huge discrepancy in the in the representation of our society. To come back to your point around the Eastern culture celebrating menopause, um it seems as though Western culture now we now it's having a light shone on and has a few whole raft of major problems right so just to touch on a couple of other you talked about uh, menopause being one of the last social taboos right uh, intersex the i of lgbtqi uh, which most people don't understand and don't know about um in other places such as samoa uh, what is the american is a not jamaica but um but there's other places around the world where intersex is celebrated and it is it's like a you know but in the Western culture, you're male, female, or you're a problem. Uh, and what was the other one? There's another, but it's just lining up that Western culture is <laughs> the cause of all the uh, negative taboo aspect around all of these things. Whereas I other think Western cultures, cultures always put money first, you know. Sorry. Hey? Western cultures tended to put money first, so, so profit over people. Yeah. Rather than the recognition which is coming, I think. Yeah, albeit a bit uh, slowly, but when you put people over profit, of course the profit comes. And yeah. people are starting to realise that now um, more with the purpose-led organisations. Um, and I'm sorry I interrupted you, so please go ahead. No, 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 that's all right. Um, I was just saying there's a LinkedIn, uh, this kind of is LinkedIn news, we don't, it doesn't show your name, sorry. But um, thank you for sharing that you're um, going through a horrendous menopause and working with a health coach that specializes in it. So for anyone else out there that is feeling concern about symptoms they may be experiencing and didn't know till you just heard uh, Jeanette speak about it, um, here's another person going through it. So please seek some support. Talk to a friend if that's the first step. Drop JKP a note. Um, get on the menopause sites. That's what I had before. Let me just reshare it. So 
this is your website for power pause. This is some of the work that you're uh, doing and perhaps it's a good time now to go through this in a little bit more detail because not only were you speaking on the news this morning, um, but all of these articles are here. So if I just check. Yeah, and there's, you know what, I, I, I don't even have time to update it. It's a, quite a basic site, but it's all free. Um, and this was just, this was my attempt to, to, to increase awareness uh, and also to, you know, to, to help this leadership challenge that we have in macro society, but across all sectors of society, not just business, not just um, companies, but workplaces. So you'll see, I'll always talk about workplaces on this site. Um, but there is information about what what menopause is and the different types of so perimenopause is really the one no one talks about perimenopause but that's where most of the symptoms happen in the four to ten years before actual before you actually your reproductive cycle actually stops um, and right. that's when you you're losing estrogen um, and progesterone a bit of testosterone for some people um, but you're losing hormones that are vital to um, to some functions. Um, and that's where if you can have HRT, and I know there'll be people on this call who can't have HRT, hormone replacement therapy, because of medical um, conditions. Or, you know, if you've had cancer treatment, you, most people, are, you know, well, you're not allowed to have HRT. Um, so there will be people that can't can't do what I did and go on to something that changed my life immediately and helped me. Um, but there are other remedies, uh, potential remedies um, that we go through in the workplace training that um, that can help some herbal remedies. And if it's not on the website. Say, where is the bit about your training that you have on here? Oh, I haven't had time to put it on there. <laughs> it's just basically people get in touch with me and say, can you come and do some training? And I go, yeah, okay. So um, people like, and I've got to update the website with testimonials because the testimonials, I've just done a session with AIA Insurance. Oh, that was fabulous and wonderful testimonials. And Vector and Kiwi Bank. And big, big businesses are taking this seriously um, yeah, well, and very progressive is. about it. Gender Tech um, no, has just signed it no. off. So tell us about all the different companies that you've trained and tell us about Gender Tech because this is this is good for um, all the people out there that are sort of wondering about, ooh, how, you know, how far along is this? You know, is it still hidden away or is it out front? And I think it's beautifully out front with the fact that there's all these major companies that have taken on your training and Gender Tech has made it part of the accreditation. So, yeah, please tell us more about it. Yeah, so I'll start with GenderTick because um, that's been a phenomenal, it's going to accelerate and, and it's going to be a game changer for New Zealand, for Aotearoa. Uh, GenderTick have now added menopause criteria to the um, gold standard accreditation. Um, they've done it in a gold standard accreditation to give time for companies that haven't really thought about this to kind of catch up. Um, and then they'll probably have a, it'll be a year before they actually make it standard accreditation criteria. Um, but they're going to launch that in November. Um, we've been working on, and they've, they've changed the, the the language around their um, accreditation criteria. Um, and they talk now about uh, menopausal transition. So, um, and what what's going to happen in that gender tick accreditation is you have to demonstrate as an organisation that you have menopause awareness training for all managers uh, or leaders, and you have to actually have menopause in your health and safety policy. So it's a game changer. Um, and, yes. you know, a lot of companies will go, oh, it's very fine, great. I mean, if you're Vector or your Kiwi Bank or your AIA, oh, yeah, great, we're already doing that. That's fantastic because we're already ahead of the game because guess what? We consider the people experience to be really important. We consider people engagement to be really important. We want our, pe our people to be um to be happy and, and protected and comfortable and safe at work. Um, if you're one of the companies that is still very much stuck in the 1950s, then, you know, it might take you a while to actually even grasp why this is an issue. Um, you know, my, my, um, my whole aim is to not need a power pause in the future. <laughs> yeah. Once, once this is normal, once it's on school curriculum um, and everybody knows it's going to happen and understands that you should try and retain your women through it um, and knows that's going to affect the um, 
the representation of your workplace, then we'll we'll get to a place where it's where it's normal, just like a lot of the issues that you talked about earlier are now normal. They're normalized. Yeah. People don't go, oh, gay pride. Oh my God, what's that? You know, it's it's normal. Yeah, we yeah. we've all got great friends in, in our in our own community. So it's just normal. But in workplaces, it didn't used to be normal for some reason. Um, and now this will be normal. I won't have to talk about it. And I do this as a, it's kind of a passion project. I'm a, I'm a chief people officer on an executive team <laughs> for a global, um, for a global creative agency. Fantastic chief exec, PH creative. My company is very supportive and knows the benefits of this. We've got 50-50 split of um, women and men on our wider senior leadership team, so 14 people. But on our executive team, we've got two women who are postmenopausal, um, and you know, celebrated as being so. So I feel very proud about that, and I'm doing this as a as a sort of a try and change society so other people don't suffer. Don't get to the dark place of leaving jobs, not having then the financial wherewithal to 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 feed their kids or to or to pay their rent or to pay their mortgage, and don't get to that place. So I'm I do it as a yeah as I say as a passion project, and but Absolutely. it's not my full time job. <laughs> I'm on boards, <laughs> advisory boards, and well, it's you one about car, thing. car racing career though, but um, I'm sure that will be tucked away there. <laughs> I joke. I joke about the car racing career. I have a. I have a um, fantasy that one day I'll be able to drive JKP's uh, car. But um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure anyone gets the keys. That's that baby. So coming back to some of the serious stuff, we've had a few comments in there, and I'll just run through them in reverse. So we've got um, Nairi, who's just chucked up there that you're an inspiration. Yeah, you are. You? Um, you've got to be bold to put yourself out there on any subject, and on this one, so well done. So thanks hey, for joining. Go on. And Claire Stewart, who I think might be from oh, Gender Tech on some of her comments. Is that right? Claire is amazing. Claire is going to, you know, single-handedly accelerate this subject um, into whew, warp yep. speed. So I can only thank you, Claire. Fabulous that you're doing this. And then we've got uh, Emma McLean, who's um, also oh, Emma. Now, Emma, Emma's amazing. Now, she's actually working on um, return to work for uh, uh, parental leavers and making that an easier transition to get people back to work. So we're in the same sort of space of these are natural phases of life. We should celebrate it and get people back into what they want to do, is, which is to make a difference in society. Cool. Yeah, whichever way that I mean, is, you might, you might make a difference in society being a parent and that's what you want to do. That's great. But if you want to be a parent and work, you should be able to. Absolutely. And also Tracy, uh, Tracy Minokunuku, I hope I pronounced that correctly. Oh, um, well, Tracy. A few, few resources. Well, Tracy, um, mass, we're all connected in this. You know, we're all on this on this journey together. Uh, when women do, when we get together, we, we form a massive movement. Um, Tracy's got a sexy aging podcast, which is phenomenal. And Tracy, an executive in um, in in gyms, in, in well, I don't know if I'm allowed to mention, yeah, Les Mills International. If I wasn't allowed, she's been an executive for years in Les Mills International, and set up cool. you know offices from everywhere and trained trainers, and she's phenomenal. And you know is now um, creating programs for this age group so that we have um, the right sort of. Um, fitness regimes, the right sort of um, healthy way of living for for this age, so that we can carry on being incredible. <laughs> yeah. And um, Tracy has commented through LinkedIn, so of course anyone can follow her comment back to her profile and find out where she works. So it's okay to mention what she does and where she works. And uh, another one who's um, oh Claire, oh my God, I yeah. love Claire. Oh, Claire, 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 Claire was on the exec team with me in ASB and she has been just an incredible support um, all the way through this journey for me. You know, when you go out there and you put comments on LinkedIn for the first time, you think I'm going to die when this goes out, you know, oh, it's the first time I've ever done something like this. 
And then Claire will be there, support, 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 support. She's amazing. She's at BNZ now, just doing a phenomenal job. Um, and when you talk to any of her team, they'll say she's just the most beloved executive they've ever worked with. Um, so, yeah. Thank you, Claire. Love you. Well <laughs> I'm going to say thank you to all of those that have commented um, both uh, from thanking JKP and adding information in. But you know one thing that I've noticed that you might not be twigging to or you might have twigged to now that I've raised it? What's missing? Comments from guys. Ah, yes. So I'm sure that they might be. I mean, possibly they're sitting there learning something and just quietly taking it in. Um, but it would have been fantastic to have seen a whole range of guys commenting and saying, you know, hey, had no idea, or maybe I do have some idea from my wife going through it or, or someone in my family. Um, but that would have been a great show of support. So it may just be, in fact, I may have biased that because when I was inviting people using the LinkedIn tool, I was just, uh, you, you use people's names. So I just typed in all the names like Sarah, Jane, and all women's names. I didn't even think. <laughs> I didn't even think to invite um, guys. So it'll be interesting to see what happens once it gets a little bit wider. Guys, come on. Well, you know what, though? I will say with the um, awareness sessions that I've done in companies, we've made a, a big um, deal of, of guys uh, attending. And, and it's been phenomenal. I would say that um, men really do actually want to understand this issue on why yeah. it's an issue and just like I was clueless and just like many people are clueless it just isn't the awareness of it um you know we can't how can we possibly expect men to support a woman going through menopause with no clue and the trickier piece is this most women don't want to talk about it so you know the, the way to talk about it is usually through a support network um, you know, that your company can set up like-minded people that are going through it or through the awareness program, which um, which enables the company to show we're, we're empathetic about this. We don't want to lose our, our people. So we are going to support people through. But men, in, you know, how, how, why would men who are, yeah, why would anyone that's busy like I was, or like anyone this call is, why would we have the time to go and research perimenopause? No, most people haven't heard of it. Um, and, and so if it's provided as an awareness training, even if you don't want to go and physically be at that program, you can then read about it on your intranet in your workplace or if there's a, a policy that a workplace implements. You're showing that you are you do care about retention of talented women, but you're also allowing people to go and chew over it in their own time. And lots of people don't like to talk about it. Um, there is still a taboo. There is still, um, until we change it and it's normalised in schools and it's normalised in employment law, um, you know, until that, that, that societal change happens and it's no longer a, a, a stigma, there will be the, um, the danger in some workplaces. And I got absolutely, you know, uh, Kim Hill pointed this out at the weekend as on RNZ. Um, at the weekend and you know she pointed out some people just won't they won't want to talk about it it's 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 scary and yes it is in that's why we've got to change the dial we've got to move this conversation forward we're not in the 1950s as I said anymore um you know and with 40 years of incredible energy left I mean look at Ruth Bader Ginsburg before she was died in the 90s look at the queen you know you've got incredible women who are doing incredible things um, who have so much, so much what? power and energy that um, yeah. So, but men, men um, are phenomenal supporters once they know what it's all about. Yeah. So we've got a few comments we'll roll through in a minute, and um, you know, one of the things I think about when you talk about you know the, ne the next forty years um, is the fact. That another part is that when women give birth and coming back into the workforce there has been a traditional um, concern about taking women on. Uh, I think it goes back to the day thinking that they'll need to take time off to look after the kids. And, um, you know, if you've ever worked with, um, and it's one of the struggles of bringing new people on of any type, any gender, uh, is that, um, you know, they've got a lot to learn. 
Whereas an experienced person coming back from childbirth or an experienced person coming back from potentially a sabbatical for some time off or just um, working through menopause, whatever the case might be, that's an amazing amount of experience and maturity. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the, uh, I'll put it that way. The, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't ask for anything more than maturity uh, in someone's work ethic and ability. Uh, when I'm putting a team together, you know, that's probably the one defining fact that makes a difference. Someone who doesn't know, yeah, and I, you know and I is, is a real problem, but someone who's got to look after a sick kid or someone who's got to take a you know, bit of time off, that's fine. What they can give in the time that they are working is immense. Plus, it also helps bring that cycle back through of the people that are just joining the workforce who are immature and do have problems and cause problems because they don't know any better. Um, that experience is what brings them up. So, yeah, there's a lot, a lot. To so let's go through these comments. Um, first, I'm going to go to Nick because I before, absolutely just, missed. Just before you do, Nick's Ryan, comment. just, just. Hey? Oh, look, here's my my bro. <laughs> hey, that's Nick. Your, that's your bro, as oh, in your brother. Nick and I, look, Nick and I work together at Spark on the Agile uh, Transformation, and Nick so, has just been such an incredible support in this journey as well. Um, and phenomenally brilliant person, actually, phenomenally brilliant. Anyone out there, you ever want any kind of transformation, uh, change expertise, call Nick. He's brilliant. Well, here's his original comment here where he had been commenting through before I said, men, where are the men? Um, <laughs> there are so many comments in here, both the ones that I put out for timestamping and also those of others. And then if we go back down here, back to where we were, so Bronda, I don't know if you know Bronda, who's put in a couple of comments with some resources. Um, she's also mentioned that her husband would like to be able to, able to talk about what she's gone through. So I think we need to think about um, session two and who do we bring in? And I think perhaps by the sounds of it, Bronda's husband and Bronda would be a, a good starter. Bronda is Chief Financial Officer at Hawke's Bay um, District Council. So, yeah, phenomenal talent. Um, but also has had a tough time with menopause, exactly like my story. Yeah. She's awesome. A great, She's great awesome. leader. Yeah, in a, talk. yeah, great leader in an example position of CFO for Big Org. Um, and yeah, if your husband would like to uh, come on, we would love to have you on in a future session, which we'll book in and um, get the husbands talking about the uh, challenges for the men so they can understand it. So I'm a primary carer for my wife, but that's more related to um, other health challenges. But being a primary carer and supporting someone through something can be quite isolating, can be quite challenging, mm -hmm. and each thing has its particulars. So we, um, my wife has a kidney disorder and has just had brain surgery. So when I speak to other people about that have been through the brain surgery thing, we're like, oh, yeah, yeah. And the kidney people were like, oh, yeah, yeah. So this would be amazing, I think, support for all the husbands out there, especially uh, those that are um, the, the quieter types who are struggling away by themselves. This could be really yeah. good for them. Then we've got Hillary, who you talked about um, it should be in schools, it should be everywhere, it should be normal. So she's talked about the idea of mandatory menopause training for managers, just yeah. like unconscious bias, mental health and wellness, domestic violence. Yeah, that would, um, yeah. That would I think, go a long way. And that's, what, and that's what's happening. Hillary, you're spot on. And that's what's happening with gender tick. But of course, every organization won't go for the gender tick accreditation, which I wish they would. Um, but I, I totally agree with you. Progressive organizations should have mandatory menopause training. And um, and that's something that, you know, again, in the UK, they're, they're a bit further ahead on this discussion. Um, but it's going through a parliamentary bill at the moment. The, the, they actually set up a parliamentary oh. committee for menopause and what they need to put into employment law. So that will change in the UK. You'll, and, and here's the thing for employers. Even Sorry, if you is that think, here in New Zealand or in the UK that they've put together? In the, the UK. Uh, in the UK at the moment. But you know what? This will come. We will. There's a movement now in New Zealand. This this sort of thing will, will happen. But, um, but the other thing is, even if you are still very reticent to talk about anything that is natural transition in life, um, think about this. Employment law will change. And when you get, and, and this is what's, what's happening in other countries now, is uh, employment tribunals and where people are taking companies to court because of the way they've been treated through menopause. So mm. when, when, one, when one man complains that a woman's been a little bit abrupt with, with him <laughs> and she gets fired, uh, which is happening a lot. And in fact, I was talking to a doctor 
um, a specialist who's got at the moment four people on her books who are going through that process of potentially being fired because they had a mood swing and a little sort of coming to Jesus moment with with a guy uh, in in a meeting um, and not even not even personal, not even focused at the guy, but who can um, it, it, it's about more about performance or delivery or not not getting something in time on a project. But the guy take, you know, or whoever it is, takes umbrage and complains about that person and then they get fired. It's happening a lot. Um, and I think if there was a little bit more empathy of, are you okay? You don't normally react like that. Yeah. You know, if you just, just to your colleague, why did you just bite my head off? And, you know, oh, let's have a chat about it. I'm having a bad day. Yeah. But there's just so much of it. And now um, in other countries, there are employment law cases of people getting, um, being unfairly dismissed and citing the menopausal transition. Now, some, that'll make some people recoil in horror. But if it's true, then it's fair. It's not fair to be, it's not fair to be put on a performance review and then dismissed because no. you've got a health issue. Yeah. And, and there's so many things wrong about uh, doing that to someone, you know, from the not fair aspect to the complete uh, waste of their experience, you know, losing them and their knowledge from the business. If you look at it from a business perspective, but coming back to the human perspective, you know, the person's going through something as it is. Um, well, and this yeah, is the problem, though, Ryan, with this issue. The trickiness, the yeah, the trickiness of the issue is a lot of women don't, and I can see this play out, but a lot of people also um, won't admit that they've been ab abrupt or brusque with someone. And they don't want to admit that they're going through menopause. No, it happens to somebody else, not me. So it's a it's a real difficult, tricky issue because the you know the person that's complained is right. Simply, so it's, and this is part of it though, because the environment is such that what woman would want to admit to be going through menopause with the way society treated it um, up until a few years ago? You know, it's it's kind of you know kind of like admitting to something you don't want to admit to, even though it's true it's actually fair and correct uh the way people saw it and thought about it um it would be seen as a detriment to their cause rather than helping make change happen so again yeah. another reason why this discussion is important and all the work that everyone's doing in this space is important to help strip away these old uh um social um i guess you know practices that um cause the problem so we've got a few more comments in here so um uh Go back to the beginning. Um, Hillary's popped up. Where do we find people who can run menopause yeah. training? Well, you're looking at it. You're looking at <laughs> Power it. <pause. laughs> so, yeah, um, there is uh, a range of people that have popped up. So, Brenda, Rhonda, sorry, said um, <laughs> Jeanette will do it for you. Here's the uh, website. At the same time, Claire said there's the website. Um, and that is absolutely you, JKP. I didn't, I didn't come on this chat to promote Power Pause, but, um, but yeah, I do do training, but you know, I'm more than happy um, to promote it. Like that's <laughs> part of the solution, because if you're not doing it, who is doing it? You know, and I think there are some other sources put into the chat, and you know, there probably need to be more people than just yourself, considering your all your other things that you do, plus the fate, family, kids. You know, you've got a lot to do. So maybe maybe there's a train the trainer thing coming for um, from Power Pause in the in the near future. Yes, we have got a number of people interested. So uh, that's a watch this space. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So look, we're a little bit over, and that's fine by me. I've got time. Um, I always plan for a bit of overtime. But um, I just wanted to, in case your time is sh uh, sort of coming short, you've got a, another thing to do. I think this is your third interview today. Um, or you might have other Fourth. Fourth. <laughs> um, so I thought if we're coming to that sort of time, then maybe we, I could um, start uh, asking you to think about closing remarks. What would you like to say to all the women out there? Is there something different depending on their sort of age or stage of life and all the men out there and to businesses? What, what's the message? Um, I think for, for businesses, this too shall pass. And it, you know, it is a temporary stage and um should not be regarded as the end of a woman's life um yep. and just you know the biggest thing for me is be kind 
Um, be empathetic, be kind, treat people like human beings. Um, if someone's having a tough day, try to get to the bottom of it rather than just immediately go, right, that person's got a behavioral issue. They can never get a job in the future. They can never be on an exec team and they can never be on a board, uh, you know, because that's it, it's never going to help us. Um, and uh, well, for the guys that are listening, I would say thank you for listening um, because you are really part of the solution. Um, and just thank you to all the very, very supportive people. This was really, for me, hard to do, particularly for my own company, PH Creative. It was really hard for me to do this um, because it was such a taboo. But you don't break taboos unless someone has the courage to do it. And now there is a movement. So I just want to say thank you also to the amount of people who've jumped on them on the waka with, with me on this movement. Um, the people that had that supported just getting getting some PR going and getting doing a website. You know, I've got people from ASB who uh, who who've really really helped me, um, and just people from everywhere that have really helped me. And so I would say, just be kind. It's not going away. We normalise it. We're going to have a much better society. Yeah, and there is help. Bronda saying there is help. Talk to your doctor. Oh, talk to your mom. Talk to your grandma. Talk to your auntie about it. What's it like for them? Because you'll get a lot of, um, well, you'll get a lot of advice that could be useful for you. And also for all those people, as I say, who who've gone through medical menopause and and premature menopause, um, be particularly kind. Um, again, because that that's something else entirely. It's just. We, we've just got to be kinder to each other. Well, thank you so much. Um, normally, I would add something at the end, but I've got nothing that is to add. Last word. So thank you very much um, for well, all the time. When, when lockdown's finally over in Auckland, Ryan, you're going to be driving my car. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> Top down. All righty. <laughs> Sounds like a dream. So, hey, thank you so much. And especially you. for, um, you know, there's been a bunch of other ones that will pop up here. So Julia Dole um, is saying great to, to be discussing the subject. That is good. Tanya and Neil, we've got a double one here. Um, predictive text change JKP to that. She quickly put the next one up. You can go in and use your three dots to um, change that. But Tanya McNeil, thanks very much. We know what you're meaning. And um, Rhonda, of course, who's been through here all the time. And Rhonda and her husband will be on the next um, show around uh, menopause <laughs> and giving the husband's uh, experience and perspective. That'll be awesome. So uh, I'll just like to say thank you to all who have watched, all who have engaged and been part of um, the session with uh, Jeanette. It's been fabulous. You know, going back to being a young kid and being taught about the, the birds and the bees, uh, I had no problem, and I think, you know, to your point, it should be taught in schools, um, you know, mandatory training for managers, you name it, just normalise it. Uh, so thank you so much once again for uh, sharing your story. And, of course, we've put the website up before, um, but powerpause.nz. .nz? Just quick. Yes, .co.nz. .co.nz. There's so many that are just .nz, I get mixed up. Powerpause.co.nz. Well. That's, how you, <laughs> that's how you can connect with Jeanette um, if you want to get training. So thank you once again. Been awesome. awesome. Uh, Ryan, thank you so much to you. You're always so open-minded and 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 ready to, to talk about such things. So thank you so much for your advocacy. Pleasure. It's whatever, everyone, I'm sure everyone feels the same way. Cool. Well, that will say kakitiano. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. So just, -bye. just hang on the line there. Oh, what's happened? Just hang on the line there. See you later, everybody.